a brand new fan morning show. Sounds good, doesn't it? Covering a brand new Maple Leafs team. <laughs> a lot of handshakes probably going on today. Wow. And yesterday. And the day before that, I suppose. It's just a revolving door in that dressing room. You know who's getting a workout? The guys that put numbers on jerseys. Yeah. That equipment staff are grinding. Oh, yeah. Over the last two weeks. Remember the Ryan O'Reilly helmet photo? Not the even. amount of helmets being That's put together? That's years ago. Getting gloves ready, sticks, equipment staff reeling right now. They're the MVPs, the unsung heroes, the snowplow drivers of Scotiabank they Arena really and are. Co. All right, that's our new song, courtesy of Justin Cuthbert. Hope you like uh, it. It doesn't make any sense, by the way. Like, you're, this was your idea, yeah, your you thing. you suggested a good one, and we went with it. You're like, you have 20 songs, and I'm like, okay, I'll try to contribute one, and but then you The problem take was the I had I 20 songs and no time to figure it out because I... Well, we're, we're going to be doing this show for many months, I hope. Just we'll pick a new one every month. That was a good one. Kevin from Orangeville says he loves it already. Hell yeah, Kevin from Orangeville. Today, That's my guy. Today's Ailish's flu game, folks. I have been struggling with food poisoning over the last 12 hours, and I have crawled myself into this studio to talk to you about those maple leaves. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if there's a pause on the radio where you don't hear my voice for five minutes, I'm in the bathroom. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. You you kind of hit it all day too, like you were offline and I not, thought I not could really grind involved. Through it, but this I'm morning, like, okay, I'm well, feeling about be busy two today. out of ten. Two out of ten is rough. You are allowed to take sick days. I mean, it's a tough week. And for not a sick when day. the Maple Leafs think that yesterday was the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Outstanding, changed everything for me. <laughs> you can't just have a little Wednesday sick day. It sounds like you're uh, fighting just to have a. <laughs> mild level enthusiasm i'm making sure that if i i don't want to laugh too hard and then i'm yeah get, i'm a little worried feel sick in the, the amount of times you've brought up it as a possibility kind of concerns me. we're all good we're grinders we uh we bring to the people what we can today it's the justin and ayla show so just to be forewarned <laughs> okay. okay there might right. be stretches where bye bye if you don't hear your voice for a while then you know what might be going on you have something you'd like to speak about? Uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, we can we can begin the Justin show for for a little bit here if you want me to. <laughs> Since carry. everybody start us from when you were born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, this is my life story. No, I have a, I have an interesting. I don't know what, if it's a if it's a development. It also, if you're being real positive, I think it might be like the most selfless move in the history of my friend group. So, I but I also don't whether don't know whether to celebrate it or question it. Okay. So give me your opinion. So we've got a golf simulator outing planned. Every month, a couple guys go to the golf simulator just to keep things warm. What are we, six weeks away from, couple boys. from shooting it? The, so it's, the bros. It's exciting. It just keeps, you know, keeps you going a bit. Keeps you going. Keeps uh, keeps you excited about the possibility of golf season. Make sure that every, everything's loose and ready to go when we actually meet, when we get to that time. But we get a message yesterday, speaking of sickness... From the guy, the ringleader of this group, basically. The person who would book things and, and kind of take control. Okay. I know that and feeling. he's a father of two. And his girls are in daycare. So he gets a message from the woman running the daycare. One of the daughters is sick. She's got food she's, poisoning. Yeah, she, eh? It's not really, yeah, she might, maybe it's the same thing. It's not really going well for her <laughs> that day. And immediately he's like, okay, once they tell you your kid is sick, that means you're not supposed to come back the next day. So... If the kid is not in daycare, we're not going to the golf simulator. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. It's like we can do it any other week. 
It's not like we're canceling a real golf round. It's all good. But he's clearly bothered. He doesn't want to give up on the opportunity to go to the golf simulator. So we get like kind of a jokey message saying, I could just bring her. And we're just like, ah, it's fine. You don't don't have to do that. We don't have to think about that. But he's like, no, I I think it would work. So So you're crushing BLs with little Madeline. No BLs. She's working on her But we're going to be going to the golf simulator. And my buddy is bringing his, I think, almost oh, five-year-old. this hasn't year old. happened yet. Today? No, it's happening today. I Hell think he's yeah. bringing his almost five-year-old daughter. It's going to be amazing. And she's just going to be hanging out Dad with an iPod, iPad on the couch. But here's my worry. Uh-oh. When you're golfing, like, you're, you're not worried about what's behind you. It's like on everybody to, like, protect themselves, right? Are what you if she recklessly going to crush no, but like, driver? You can't take your eye off the ball when you're, when you're lining it up. I, feel I like do every... often, and there the ball goes in the woods. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. So if we're really going to be trying to split the middle of the screen, mm. you got to be focused on what's in front of you. And I just worry about every time I'm in my backswing, I'm going to be thinking about like her jumping off the couch, running around, and doing something. But anyway. He's got to get one of those child leashes. <laughs> <laughs> that Maybe. you see at the Honestly, mall. Honestly, I would be a little bit more comfortable if she was like strapped to the chair in some some. Well, way. she's gonna see your swing and be so uninspired to play golf for the rest of her she life. You might ruin a career before it's even started. I'll have more than just thirty year olds chirping me. <laughs> I hope. Can we mic her up for this? It'd probably be pretty entertaining. You're okay with this, though. I thought like I think it's fun. Other than I hope you're okay ruining a young girl's golf career before it even begins. She'll be fine. <laughs> I, think, I don't think she'll take her you know eyes what? off the iPad. That's good that you got a good group of guys that are. But this is this, this is this my happen. life now, where like we're uh, I don't have children, but my buddies are now navigating how this all works. And you can't do this with a baby. You can't do this with a toddler, mm-hmm. but with a maybe almost five year old. We're at the point now where I she can hang out with us. You're onto something. Could be a business op- opportunity. Okay, the, so the simulator should be celebrating them. Should be also allowing for babysitting down in the. Side hallway. They've got a room. Yeah, a little playpen yeah, coming yeah. in. That actually would be more comfortable because I don't want to think about the possibility of me taking my backswing back and not having space to follow through. Well, entrepreneurs, you got it. I'll get a name for it during the next break. So I'm good at that stuff, but that was my idea, by the way. Well, because we've been doing this pretty much all winter, and I was like, if things don't work out for me, open a golf simulator. Yeah, but then the every next, other guy the next in time Toronto I went wants back, to do that. But the next time I went back, this, like, old guy was, like, so convinced that his swing wasn't poor and that the golf simulator technology mm-hmm. was wrong. And honestly, it was about 45 minutes of back and forth. And I was like, I can never do this. I can never deal with this guy. And this guy's probably coming every day. You're giving a hard look at reality yeah, you, to a lot of people. But no one, no one wants, wants that's to the thing that, about simulators. that the computer is right. Yeah, no one will accept that their swing is poor or their shot was poor and that this that the the screen wasn't accurate like nobody who's consistently mishitting it is convinced that they are the problem well um you're on to something i think there's an opportunity there feel free to take our advice and run with it just there you go us, that could be my niche give right? us like, royalties you don't have to worry about babysitting we got that it's perfect um, hopefully not golfing anytime soon or the maple leafs we got to get into the biggest story in the hockey world, besides Patrick Kane going to New York, which ha- happily was already kind of a thing that was going to happen anyway, so we could push that one down the list. But the Leafs, not only one, not two, but three trades yesterday, and we talked about the calendar yesterday, how, oh, okay, you know, the Gregorians made this calendar. I think maybe they had it wrong because yesterday seemed to have been the trade deadline. Oh. I think that the, nice. the numbers were off. It wasn't yeah. a leap year. Yesterday was actually the trade deadline because everybody was acting 
said way. Um, okay, so around 4 p.m., it was uh, phone buzzing time. Three deals in sequential order happened. Mm-hmm. The Maple Leafs acquired Eric Gustafson and Boston's 2023 first-round pick from Washington for Rasmus Sandin. Insert joke, Leafs finally owning Boston the first round. Mm-hmm. Saw that on. one a couple times. You saw poor Rasmus Sandin getting pulled off the ice on the West Coast Yeah, from he practice. was moving quickly. So so do you think the, they go over to him and say, hey, uh, <clears throat> Rasmus, we got to talk to you in the dressing room where they say, buddy, you, you just got traded to get off the ice. I, I can't I don't imagine he was goes. completely blindsided. Like, you don't, th- you don't think earlier today we're like, we're discussing things. There's a possibility. Just be ready. Like, uh, we don't want to, like... Be ready, but go out there and have a good practice, kid. <laughs> I guess. No way. But he wasn't even in the top six. Like, he was kind of... But he, he, uh, The writing was on the wall for Rasmus Sandin for a while. But nonetheless, he's sure in the middle of practice being asked to come off the ice. Camera. It was like Kawhi helicopter watch. It was... <laughs> Sandine strut he was out the arena. Brisky, he, yeah, briskly. He, brisky, brisk. <laughs> he was on his way out. So, see ya. Nice knowing ya. It'll, he'll be missed. You know, Rasmus Sandine, he'll be missed that by was some. a nice moment with the Swedes. It they was nice. clearly love each other, and one of them's on the way out. So, that's 4 p.m., 40 minutes later. And Chris from London, buddy, I know you are probably hanging banners in your arena, in your house, balloons, champagne, because Toronto sends. Pierre Engvall to the New York Islanders for a 2024 third round pick, a deal that many people in Leafs Nation had dreamed about. It has happened. Mm-hmm. The Swedes are a on deal their way with out. Lou, no less, right? And I thought you said that maybe they'd never do a deal with Lou. I guess he thinks he's he uh, listens he's to the got one show. He says, "Shut up, buddy." I guess he thinks he's got one over Dubas in this <laughs> one, and he might. I mean, Pierre Engvall's. I guess. I mean, what what was the stat we got yesterday? Like two percent of players outside the yeah, first round. It was poor I, stat. I mean, Pierre, Pierre Engvall is a player, I guess. Someone who can play on an NHL team, just maybe not one that's going to win a playoff round. Three minutes later, at this point, your head is spinning around like a cyclone. The Leafs land Luke Shen in a deal with the Vancouver Canucks for a 2023 third-round pick. All of this basically happening while the Leafs are on the ice in Seattle. All the reporters fired up. Dubis around. The guys are getting cameras stuck in their faces. We've got lots of audio to go through. We didn't get a brisk walk from uh, Pierre Engvall, unfortunately. No, but we did see some hugs on their way out. Um, the guy saying, see you on the road. But after all this, the Toronto Maple Leafs have now acquired six or injected six new players into their lineup over the last couple of weeks. You look around this team, it is a completely different roster mm-hmm. composition, not only in the way they look, but the way that they'll perform and the way that they're built, which is basically what you want from your GM, someone that t- takes a swing for the fences and says, we said that he went all in two days ago. Last night was all in, all in, all in. Like everything on the table. Unless you think that there's still time for something more to happen. So there's lots to break down. And we're going to have a couple great guests for that. Jeff Merrick's going to join us at 7. Jason Bukala at 8, who's a, a great scout and analyst for us here at Sportsnet. So where to begin is how to break down what happened. <laughs> Go. <laughs> okay, so it's it's real aggressive, right? And it's about like all in. You kept saying all in, all in, all in. If you look at just yesterday in a vacuum, it was kind of a net loss, right? Like in terms of what they have at their disposal. Mm-hmm. You're bringing in Luke Shen. 
you're giving up two players of substance with Pierre Engvall and Rasmus and Sandine. Clearly, you can look at or define substance in whatever way you want, but these guys have played considerable roles on this team for a little while, and you added a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a break-even optimization day. I wouldn't say it was like, hey, let's continue to empty all of our assets and really devote everything into right now. It was more of kind of a balancing act for Kyle Dubas. However, when you look at the entire deadline, of course, we're talking, as you mentioned, six new players coming in, five of which are going to play for sure, and you've given up two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-round pick plus. However, the interesting thing about yesterday is we talked about like the move where you're taking a bit of a step back or you're giving up on one of your players to get something, to get either currency or something to address the future. They kind of did that with Rasmus Sandin and the first round pick coming in. And now when you kind of look at everything, it's an all-in two weeks here for Kyle Dubas, but it's kind of less of an all-in situation for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like they've only really spent of things that you really care about one first round pick and they've brought in Ryan O'Reilly, Jake McCabe, Luke Shen, and two players who are going to play in your bottom six and be impact guys for you. That's a lot for, frankly, very little. And for that reason, I don't think you can look at this moment in time, these last 10 days, and I, th- and I think there's still something to come here as well, mm-hmm. as anything but a master class for Kyle Dubas. It's his Anth- Alex Anthopoulos moment, but he's not doing what Anthopoulos did in that he's actually kind of leaving something for the next guy if there's a next guy or leaving something for himself if he, in fact, gets to stay with this team. I'm incredibly impressed by what Kyle Dubas has done here. He's addressed the issues on his roster. He's he's improved in so many different ways, be it up front in the top six, considerably in the bottom six, on the blue line with Jake McCabe and Luke Shen coming in. They are a different team in many ways. They're way harder to play against. The areas of concern for postseason play, guys who are a little softer, guys you can't trust to come through and do what they normally do when it gets more difficult out there. Like every problem, aside from maybe the big one in net, Mm -hmm. has been addressed. You look at this team and what he's done is moved way closer to optimization and given up on the things he was clinging to in the past, which were Rasmus Sandin working on a bottom pair. Pierre Engvall working on a third line. He's gone out and addressed every issue and he's done it without really mortgaging the future at all. I can't, I'm not the guy who's been falling over himself trying to praise Kyle Dubas throughout his tenure. In fact, I think he's been given the opportunity to learn on the fly and in some ways it's hurt the Maple Leafs. His ability to negotiate contracts, I think questionable. His dealing with the goaltender situation, I think questionable. I think he's held on to things that he loves too much. I think he goes back to the well too many times. But in this moment in time, I think this is the peak of his career right now Mm -hmm. with the Maple Leafs and his finest moment as the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's not only the peak of his career, it's maybe his final swing if this team now doesn't take all of the pieces that they've been put together and perform. And unfortunately, it comes down to that. This team, as you mentioned, is better in 99% of the facets that they need to be better in. That 1% is the Achilles heel, though, and that's the goaltending. And at this point, on Wednesday, March 1st at 6.16 a.m., we don't have – I don't have the most 
level of confidence that I'd like to have going into playoff series. There's still time. We'll get into that. They have some op- options. But they've injected so many new players with considerable differences to why they lost previous playoff rounds. Grit, you mentioned harder to play against. They're making other top lines struggle. They've got depth. They have proven winners. That like That is really important. We've never really... We had Jake Muzzin, who was a Stanley Cup champ. They've got proven winners. They've got proven playoff performers. They got rid of the fat. They, they cut the fluff or whatever the saying is. I think you wrote a trim trimmed the, fat. the fat. Trimmed it all off. And they are lean and they are playoff ready in terms of what they look like on paper. And now it all comes to you are going to put these guys on the ice and they're going to play for what's rest of this legacy is for you, right? And it, I think it comes all down to you've given them the opportunity. What does this team do with it? I don't. I still don't feel like it's a slam dunk that this is enough to keep him, which is so sad. But that's. I think it's the market, and that's the way that we perceive what success is for the Maple Leafs. Any other GM and any other team, the Arizona Coyotes did this. If I mean, name a team, we'd probably wouldn't even be thinking about. Oh, can you lock this guy up for extension? But there still is. A, I, I think a doubt in a lot of people's mind that this doesn't solidify. Yep, long term extension with Kyle Dubas. Because it all comes down to winning for the Maple Leafs right now. But he's given them 100 times better of an opportunity than they did two weeks ago. I disagree with you a little bit there. Because I think the pressure in the context of Toronto is the only reason why he's in the position he's in. Right? It's the years of losing beforehand. It's Mm -hmm. 1967. It's 04. It's Boston in 2013. It's everything that has led up to, okay, you guys have to finally win. Because this fan base is immensely loyal. Mm -hmm. Is always there, is always strong, is always there for you and waiting and dying for something more. If it wasn't for all that, let's say they had a couple cups before Kyle Dubas arrived, yeah, you might be, okay, so you're used to winning and maybe that's part of the problem, but his the work he does is undeniable now. And the only reason why I think he's in the position he's in is because, yeah, it hasn't worked in his tenure and it should when you have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, so on and so forth, but it's because of the desperation that this organization is feeling. Because if you look at his work, again, it's undeniable. This team is really, really good. It's performed at a really high level forever. He's actually acknowledging the issues and the persistent issues when the playoffs do roll around. Yeah, you're a great regular season team, but you shy away or members of the team that are effective do shy away in playoff games and they're not as effective. I think he's addressing that and he's not just like, what we what you're doing before? You're just like trying to bring in Kyle Clifford or Wayne Simmons mm-hmm. because we got to get tougher. Well, that's not it's a, not what it's about. It's not about having a presence of someone who can throw hands. It's about being a tougher team. It's about doing what you do normally all the time in the in the in the regular season and doing that and more in the playoffs. That's what it's all about. And again, it's all kind of built in. It's built in if Ilya Samsonov doesn't play well enough. That's where it's built in if Matt Murray can't be there as well. The Achilles heel for me, and that's what I was going with this, is like, yes, we are giving him an A+. I think he's deserved Mm -hmm. it. I think everybody that follows this team has an incredible boost of confidence right now looking around what has happened in the last two weeks. But if they fail to make it past whatever amount of rounds or winning level that you classify as a success... There's the off-season gamble of last year with two goaltenders with question marks that's still going to haunt you. Yep, and it's fair. And that's why it's a, <laughs> that's why the pressure is even more. Because what happens if you lose this year? You lost another season where you have a brilliant team mm-hmm. and you might be losing one of the best general managers in hockey just because you lost mm-hmm. again. So this and- is where it's all in the players now. And what a great position to be in. 
honestly, if you're a player in that locker room, you look around, you have to feel at this point, I said this two days ago and you weren't really in on it as much. I think you got to, I, I hope that you've seen it, it maybe now, two days later. But they have seen this organization now go all out for them mm-hmm. at the trade deadline, more than they ever have in any trade deadline past. No team is doing more for their players than, than the, the Maple Toronto Leafs Maple Leafs. right now. Maybe the New York Rangers. I don't. I don't even think it's close. Okay. Well, then look the at Rangers that. The Rangers have hand wrapped. If that and doesn't give Patrick you, Kane. if that yeah, that's true. If it doesn't give you something to play for, something to prove, some pride then we have a bigger problem with the players. But you, you're telling me that this doesn't, they don't hit the ice tonight against Connor McDavid and the Oilers who just got Mateus Ekholm as well and they're looking for a playoff push and you don't have this boost of hell yeah, like we're, this is our year. Like you can say that all you want the last couple of years, but I don't, this is so different if you're in that locker room. I hope it, it is, 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 is what I'm saying. I would just, uh, my only thing with that is like, I feel like the embarrassment, the personal and individual failure like, the fear of that should be the main driving force for these guys. Like, you think Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, these guys were, like, they've been close and on the verge of tears a couple days later. If you're playing talking for to the your media, own, like... Like, there's a massive amount of embarrassment that yeah. they're in the position that they're in. They want to change the narrative. I that's front of mind for them. But it is. I mean, it's, it's not just the, like, personal embarrassment and, like, how it affects their brand. It's, like... We need to be better than this. We want to be better than this. We're not expected to lose over and over and over again. And all of that, like, it's like the world is closing in on you because you can't get out of this mess. And, of course, they have this great opportunity. And, yeah, you should feel better about your opportunity to get yourself out of the mess that they're in because mm-hmm. Kyle Dubas has went to bat to for them the, the way he, that he has. But, like, I, I, I don't think Austin Matthews showing up at the ring today and be like, okay, now we're now we're ready to go. Now we're ready to go because our our... Our general manager has done what no other general manager does, which is work tirelessly to improve every inch of this roster. And guess what? There's room for more improvement. They're what under a million dollars, maybe under the salary cap right so, now. So yes, let's let's talk about that then, because this isn't the end of the trade deadline. They have obviously two more days here to make some moves. Um, they're at nine hundred twenty-eight thousand seven hundred fifty-four dollars of cap space when and if. Matt Murray's activated and Joseph Wall sent down. He's supposed to be during the next couple of days today. Um, he's act- He can be activated off of LTIR. Then they'd have some cash to play with. And this is really, for me, the most impressive thing out of all of this. Because when a team goes all in, look what the Rangers have had to do after adding Tarasenko and being, again, gift-wrapped Patrick Kane. Like a full week of trying to maximize... You're giving away prospects. You're playing guys, but you're sitting them on mm-hmm. the bench because you're trying to accrue cap space and all this effort going into fitting someone who's double retained into your team. The Maple Leafs right now, if an opportunity is pre- presented to them, they could do anything. They could do anything. There's, they still have Matthew th- Nyes. Their cap sheet is set up where pick. they have maximum flexibility. Any opportunity that comes their way, they could pull off because Kyle Dubas has not only arranged this in a way where it's been aggressive and hopefully helpful. He's done it in a way where he hasn't, he hasn't boxed himself into a corner. He hasn't put himself in a position where this is it and it can't change because this is the only thing. This is the one move I made and that's all I can do. He's given himself, with all this movement, even more flexibility than he had before, which is part of the reason why in a net loss of only a first-round pick, really, if you think about premium assets, he's gained flexibility, added six players, and all he's really lost is a single first-round draft pick in terms of real premium assets. 
It's amazing. And that's why I expect something else to come here because you're not sitting around and not using a million dollars. And you can improve this team more if you really want to. And there were a lot of conversations yesterday when we were on the air about what could be next, what opportunities were out there. And a lot of people had talked about possibly grabbing a goaltender. Well, late, late last night, um, Corpusala, who's someone that we had spoken about and talked to insiders about, ripped from the grasps of any other team because Jonathan Quick, the Kings franchise guy, was traded late last night. Honestly, I don't think even many people have been able to report it. It was so late. Um, but Frank, our, our buddy Frank Saravelli was first on it with um, Jonathan Quick and their 2023 first-round pick to the Blue Jackets. That includes Gabrikov and Jonas Corposalo. Mm-hmm. So that was a big opportunity that we didn't really know how serious the Maple Leafs were in on. It was just a name that was floated out there. Could have been a great addition, no longer an option. So if you're waking up this morning thinking, okay, now they've got this million, they've got a pick, they've got Matthew Nyes, whatever... That one's not on the table anymore, but there, there's still some options. We'll, we'll get into that with Jeff Merrick, but you're, you're right. There, there should be, there could be potentially a move coming. They have uh, so many defense now. Exactly. You like, almost have to trade players. one. You, you, you almost have, have to, get to trade one. one. And if I'm circling, okay, there's three people you could circle or three players you could circle as like the chip used to upgrade because it's kind of got to be one in one out at this point. They got mm-hmm. one more roster spot left for Matthew Nyes. That's right. But if you're Alex Kerfoot today, if you're Justin Hall today, even if you're Matt Murray today, I think you probably got to be considering this. Like if something comes up where a Gabrikov is there for cheap and you're Justin Hall, like you could be turned into Gavrikov. Again, Gavrikov is obviously off the market now. But if there's a player like, and the, the we don't know the full cost that the LA Kings paid, but it's quick and I think a first round pick for those two players. Maybe there's some some additional prospects going the other way. But it's not an insane price. It seems like the prices mm-hmm. are going down. And if there's patience and if there's flexibility, which Kyle Dubas has and others don't have, there might be an opportunity to make like like larceny right at the buzzer. <laughs> there might be the opportunity to get a premium, premium asset, another big upgrade, because no matter what comes up, whether it's a forward, a defenseman or a goaltender, Kyle Dubas can get in on it if he wants to with a million in cap space, an extra first round pick and a disposable player basically at every single layer of the operation. Okay, so with all of this being said, I think it's it's fair to ask the question that was asked of Sheldon Keefe and co. about really changing a team dynamic at this point in the season. For me, I'm all in for it, right? Like it's, you, you're not doing half measures as we talked about, but yesterday at practice, I think Keefe had a really good answer about it's now it's in his hands and the player's hands. You, here you go. Here's all your toys. Now you play with them. You make it work. You go win a championship. Mm-hmm. So Keith was asked um, on kind of the atmosphere and the challenges ahead with Dubas changing the team dynamic and then how are they going to move forward and make this work? I mean, it certainly does change the mix, but that's why you want to prioritize character people. I think Kyle's done a tremendous job of that with anyone that he's brought in here. Uh, you know, between Kyle and the rest of the management team and even players to a degree, um, you know, they they do a lot of work to make sure that the character is going to be a fit, the personality is going to be a fit. So to, the, to that 
and I think that it, it makes uh, makes it easier knowing that you've got uh, guys that are going to come in. I mean, O'Reilly, uh, you know, coming in, and Achari, like, it's been so seamless. And in fact, I think they've really improved our environment just with their personalities and experience and confidence that they have. Um, and then the on-ice part of it, I think, you know, I think we've just, you know, Kyle's looked at our team and has been really honest about it and trying to figure out ways that we can get better, and he's been aggressive with it. So I don't think there's any doubt that we've improved um, in our depth and our competitiveness, you know, at both forward and defense. So it's a worthy consideration, right, that, you know, how much is too much when it comes to additions or how, like, disruptive mm-hmm. do you really want to be? Apparently, the reports out of L.A. suggest that, like, the Kings are not responding overly well to Jonathan no. Quick being traded and people are really upset about it. This guy's been a legend in that organization. Yeah, maybe you don't want him and Ned in playoff games anymore, but he won multiple Stanley mm-hmm. Cups and clearly is tight with the likes of Drew Dowdy. And that Dowdy, one just kind of came Kopitar, out of nowhere, too. And came out of nowhere. I don't think the Leafs are in that territory. I don't know if no. Pierre, like Pierre Engvall and Rasmus Sandin, clearly they got along with the Swedes. We saw it. <laughs> I but think I we're good. I don't think it's going to be a complete, like, you know, I don't, I don't think there's going to be too many people upset that are still with this organization. However, if you're trying to build something on the fly, like it's a little bit, like chemistry is a big thing and, and players coming together and having partnerships and tandems that work mm-hmm. and things that you can go to as a coach. I, I think it is worth considering, but it's not like... Pierre Engvall had something that you, you're really going to miss. Or Rasmus Sandin, he was already pushed out of the lineup already. Like, the Leafs have not lost anything from their roster that you'd really, really be concerned about, or I think that would change really any dynamic. Now, there's still an opportunity there. We've talked about how maybe Kerfoot's not really on the trade block because he is so liked and respected in that room and people really want him to be there. Maybe that would change things if he's part of a bigger deal to bring in another upgrade. Um, but I don't think Sheldon Keefe's going to have much trouble dealing with the change because guess what? You can have a whole new line. Mm-hmm. And w- what sort of chemistry are you disrupting when you're just throwing out a new line and a new trio in the bottom six that just gives you what the Engvalls of the world weren't giving you? No, I, I I don't see it as something that should hinder the performance moving forward or the chemistry of this team. You have a lot of veteran guys on this team that maybe sometimes we don't know the true value of, but this is why you're getting an influx of new players at a trade deadline with the immense amount of pressure on your shoulders. You play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your team has been without a Stanley Cup for we know how long. We hear it all the time. And now you're bringing in a bunch of new faces that are excited. Like you heard all of the new guys talk Lafferty, McCabe. Um, you're going to hear from Shen, who obviously has some time with Toronto. Um, like there's, you've heard O'Reilly's excitement. Everybody finds a level of pride to play for the Maple Leafs, but they also understand the pressure that comes with this market. That's why you have leaders on your team. Mm -hmm. And this is where you earn the big bucks, John Tavares and Morgan Riley and Giordano and anyone else that's played around the league or has, has an opportunity to have a veteran voice. And, and I think one of the key things is there's just, it's a slew of veterans coming in like Mm -hmm. Luke Shen's, Luke Shen is beloved. If anything, yep. he is beloved as a teammate. I think if anyone's, you know, if anyone involved in these trades is upset, it's maybe the Vancouver Canucks who really, really loved and, and admired Luke Shen for what he did. I can't believe, by the way, were we talking like big time trade packages for Luke Shen and it was only a third round pick? It was only really Pierre Engvall, if you want to look at it that mm-hmm. way. It was Pierre Engvall for Luke Shen, if you just want to boil it down to that. And to suggest that the Leafs were going to get that defenseman who they're going to rely on, it's not a difference maker in terms of 
logging 28 minutes a night, but it's a guy who's going to play likely on your third pairing. You know, he leads the NHL in hits this season. He's he's the anti, he's the anti Sandine in a lot of ways. Like Sandine, that's Mm -hmm. a good thing. Like, and what I respect about Dubas too, is that he's, he's admitting some mistake here. Like Sandine is the quintessential Dubas guy. He's a Sue guy. He's one of his picks. He's got a strong analytical profile, but I think there was a realization here that he's a guy who's going to get pushed around when it matters the most. And Luke Shen is a guy who doesn't let you push him around. He's going to be the guy that's going to stand up for teammates when they start to get pushed around. I think it's an important contrast between those two and really a look into how Kyle Dubas has changed his ways and grown as a general manager. So now he gets a lot of things to play with and, Maple Leafs got a back-to-back here. Uh, Edmonton tonight at 8 p.m. Calgary tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Lots of line shuffling that we can see, deep pairings, et cetera. Maybe someone's out the door before one of these games or before Friday's trade deadline at 3. But Well, let me interrupt you quickly. We saw the lines yesterday before everything went down, and maybe that, like, a little window into, hey, this is kind of placeholder stuff. I hope so. But Riley and Hall were playing together. And I said, and do we expect Riley and Hall no. to play together in the I postseason? I certainly do not hope so, Justin. So if you're Justin Hall, how do you take that? I'm playing with Morgan Riley. What? what? Exactly. Am I? Am I next here? So am, this I, is, am I just taking this is what bra- I reps and too. practice? You see the line rushes, and you know the forwards are just like a blender. So I'm, I'm giving that a little bit less of an analytical mind. But when I saw the D partners before the trades happened, I thought, what are we doing here? You just mm-hmm. got Jake McCabe. Like we are so fired up about some line opportunities. I don't think anybody put those two together, Riley and Hall. No one. And then you see, okay, things are happening. You know, there's three trades in less than an hour. I get it. But today <laughs> that can't be the case. No, I mean, I, I um, well in the playoffs, it can't be the case. So they play with Morgan Riley tonight and they make a deal uh, on Friday. Great. Right, Great, things will change. I just don't think that's, as you like to say, an untenable situation. It's untenable, Justin. It's an untenable situation uh, in the playoffs. <laughs> but if they do add one more, I mean, they have added six. I don't expect Eric Gustafson to play. Eric Gustafson and Luke Shen can't play on the same oh, Just same one thing, roster. it's so funny seeing people react in a vacuum to one trade at a time. What the hell are we doing, Gustafson? Like, and it's funny because you I'll, just have I'll, to I'll be pump the brakes for a second, though. I'll be honest. I didn't look at one of those trades and think that way. I thought all of them in their own ways were good trades. Well, I think we're just too fired up in Twitter world sometimes. Uh, yeah, we definitely are. And, 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 and that's why it's particularly thought-provoking because it's a bit of a, like, identity thing with Dubis, the, like, the legion of Dubis's fans because these are, these, there are some anti-Dubis moves here. There are things that we wouldn't normally expect him to do. So there's like a little identity crisis for those who have followed him and support everything that he has done to this point. That's a great point. And I wanted to read this. Um, JD in St. Catharines just texted in. Dubas shoots his shot. If slash when the Leafs lose in the first round, I wonder if there'll be extra frustration with not being able to blame him. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, some people will for sure. And you can definitely blame him if the goaltending is what trips right. them up. But if the team just doesn't deliver. But, uh, but And I think sort of circling back on the point here. I feel like, and we made this proclamation after the McCabe acquisition, Mm -hmm. it is not on Dubas anymore. He has done more than 31 other general managers have done. He's built a franchise record-breaking team in a regular season. He's built on that and made them more playoff ready. He's turned over every stone to try to improve this roster. He's done more than everyone else. And blaming him... Yeah, you can be like, okay, man, you just you couldn't figure out the goaltending thing. Okay. And you just kind of shrug your shoulders and that's it. 
but there's no way you could blame the roster that he's put together, the skaters that he's assembled, and say, hey, it's his fault. It's the players if they don't get it done, or I guess it's partly Dubas for ignoring, and if we want to like look into our crystal balls here, one really important aspect of things. But Eli Sampson has played like one of the better goaltenders in the league this year, so what else can we go, what other information can we go on but that? So the East is now even more of an arms race. Um, it's crazy. I I couldn't be more excited, but also anxious to watch some Tampa, of this. Tampa Toronto may be the highest level first round series you could possibly imagine. And so, yes, the Rangers did receive the Patrick Kane confirmation yesterday. It's really nothing when you look at it because that's all that they had to wait for was little dollars and cents to settle. But New York gets Kane. And basically sends out not too much. Arizona's that secret team we talked about yesterday that will pay 25% of salaries. Blackhawks retain 50%. There's some picks involved. But nonetheless, it's it's not a blockbuster, but it is showtime to Broadway. So that makes the, the Eastern Conference even more intriguing to watch with some major, major firepower for the New York Rangers. If Arizona really wanted to go full self-deprecation and be like fun and poke fun at themselves, they could have one of the greatest collections of retired numbers ever. Well, Shea Weber, Patrick Kane, Marion Hosa, the the Photoshop, so which I like. It's good. good they, sh- they should do that stuff. But like the, <laughs> the list of players that have been temporarily Arizona Coyotes and I guess getting paychecks from them and I guess maybe having to show up every summer, uh, September to do a physical. I don't, I don't know if that's even a requirement. It's a pretty good list of players that have gone through Arizona. Okay, I still feel like there's so much to break down with this Maple Leafs week and a half. Um, Gustafson, Shen, O'Reilly, Achari, McCabe, Lafferty, all in. Engvall, Sandine, Anderson, Gogolev, all out. Not too much in terms of the cupboards being raided or barren. Still have Matthew Nyes. You still have an opportunity for the next two days to add, to shuffle, however you see fit. Um, We will talk to our buddy, Jeff Merrick, at 7 a.m. We're going to have him and Elliot on trade deadline day as well. We're going to have lots of insiders bringing us stuff throughout the next couple days. We had um, Raptors in action last night as well. It's tough for them because, uh, you know, Leafs Nation's talking about all the biggest trades and acquisitions. But the Raptors, they made a major splash yesterday too. Yes, they did. An acquisition that went... I know you're being sarcastic, but I I feel like it could be a decent little Okay, so they saw the Leafs making moves. They thought, we're going to make some moves too. Um, Raptors signed free agent Will Barton for the remainder of the season and waived Juancho Hernan Gomez. Mm -hmm. I I would say it's a minor step forward. It's a blockbuster. A a minor step toward (laughs) optimization. I think you're right. I, I feel like they had Juancho already. They have some Juancho with whatever they have with the rest of their roster. I'm not really sure what value he could provide at this point, especially with Pirtle coming in, shifting the bigs down. Everyone gets knocked down one rung on the ladder. And where does that leave Wancho? Probably without really any role. And their guard depth was not mm-hmm. all that impressive. And now they can add Will Barton. Maybe there's a couple minutes every game just to give them some competent and veteran guard minutes. Yeah, he was signed he's yesterday guy, and already played. He's a guy played. who can shoot. They he want to put he him didn't in. play much yesterday, and why would you expect him Four to? Four minutes. I think he was in Raptors gear before he even met Toronto Raptors. Like, he mm-hmm. just was signed and was there, and all of a sudden he's in the, he's in the lineup. So a little of a ramp-up process uh, on deck here for Will Barton. But I, I feel like in terms of, like, buyout moves, yeah, I think he can, he can be a guy that helps the Raptors, who, of course, have different expectations now with Pirtle and without giving up anything in the deadline and now having to make the playoffs being a real goal and something that they... It would be disappointing, frankly, if they didn't make the playoffs at this point. 
And last night was a massive step towards making the playoffs and a, a much-needed win. The next three games, uh, Chicago as of last night, and then Washington and Washington, both teams directly below Toronto, all fighting for some points here in the standings. In Toronto's, that playoff mix, or play-in mix, rather. It's where wins become losses and losses become wins. It's the witching hour. There you go. Scott Eight Hanson, out of the last ten, your Raptors have won. And these are, and we talked about this, I think it was Monday when they had beaten some teams that were great, and they also lost to some really good teams. They weren't able to find consistency. They had beaten some pretty poor teams over the last stretch, but a win's a win. They lost in a bit of an embarrassing fashion on Sunday. We talked about how that one kind of stunk with the Cavs. They had an opportunity to bounce back last night. It wasn't a dominant win, but it was basically on the heels of Scotty Barnes having a fourth quarter like none other. Turning it on, being fourth quarter Mm -hmm. Scotty, bringing this team to victory. Um... He had four fourth quarter blocks. Like he played offensively and defensively like a bat out of hell in that fourth quarter. That gets him the win. It was kind of sloppy. It was messy. Fred Van Vliet made his return back from having his baby, which they named Layla, which is a beautiful name. And I mean, you got to find a way to close out. And they did. This has been a problem with the Raptors in the past, not being able to win tight games. Found a way. They shut down DeMar DeRozan, who didn't look like DeMar DeRozan last night. Mm -hmm. And your, your Raptors get a win, which is much needed. They play the Wizards on the road and at home, a little uh, home and home here in the next couple of days. Yeah, if you're going to be a playoff gatekeeper and I guess be a playoff team, uh, you got to get results versus a team like Chicago who you might see in a play-in later on. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I, I kind of expect maybe it to be a, a little easier to pull away, maybe expect a better effort. That was a sloppy game, as you mentioned, uh, sort of the back and forth between those two teams. But I guess, you know, that's that's the opposition, right? Like if you make DeMar DeRozan look pretty human uh maybe they're doing a good job against you as well and making you a little look a little human so i think there's lots of positives around the raptors this win streak seems maybe a little bit better than they are playing uh but as we mentioned yesterday like those are the games you have to win you are scratching and clawing to be there you're scratching and clawing to get back above 500 uh which they have not been in a long long time uh so it was an important victory uh and it's not i guess how at this point it's how many wins you can actually put in that column we're going to talk to Katie Heindel at seven thirty. Break down how the Maple uh, how the Maple Leafs oh, how the Maple Leafs affected the Raptors yesterday with Maybe their big trade. She's got some Dubas takes, um, but how the Raptors continue to find some I don't know consistency, which is the most important thing here down the stretch. We'll have her at seven thirty. But obviously, the big talk will be around the Maple Leafs because of yesterday's splash and the next two days remaining. So Jason Bukala joining us at eight. We have our wake and rake as always at eight thirty. You have the Maple Leafs. On the road against the Oilers, who have also mm-hmm. made a splash yesterday, um, getting what did they trade out for him? They name? traded Tyson Berry, yes, Tyson uh, Berry, a first round pick, and the and Reed Schaefer, who was a first round pick mm-hmm. last year, I believe. Isn't he so, a, um, gold medal winner with the he was Canadian on the Olympic team, too, yeah. he, or Olympic. He was on the World Junior Team. I don't think he played much. I think he was that thirteenth forward. Yes, uh, I remember his name. I don't know that. if he's really much of a premium prospect, to be honest. I, I mean. The Oilers shouldn't worry about that. They should be worried about worrying about upgrading. It probably means Eric Carlson's not going there. Matias Echo maybe closer to what they actually need. Just a guy who's a a legit stopper, a legit defensive defenseman, someone who can sort of cut the bleeding a little bit there because all of what Connor McDavid is doing is being undone on a nightly basis because they're not good enough defensively. Matias Echo could be one of the 
the bigger difference makers for a playoff team in terms of deadline ads. And to do that, they cut ties with Jesse Puliarvi for what seemed like an inevitable thing that just never happened. I guess you can add Puliarvi to really the cost to get yeah. Ekholm. You had to you get s- some space You there. see that the Predators retained 4% of Ekholm's salary? 4%. 4%. How do you negotiate 4%? That's I guess, I guess they just created, it was $250,000, Yeah, just I think. to make it an even six or something. Imagine that. We'll Isn't take 4%. Really, was it really 4%, 250000 Something like that. Might have to I check the math. But like, that's a, that's a pretty good 4%. You take that 4%. Not bad. Um, so Oilers have a pulse. They'll play against the Maple Leafs tonight. Keeps the added intrigue. Some new faces in their new jerseys there. And always fun when the Leafs and Oilers go at it. Patrick Kane makes his debut at MSG tomorrow. They're not going to put him on the road because you know what? It's all about drama. It's all about the glory, the glitz, and the glam in New York City. So We'll see him tomorrow night. I'm definitely putting that in my wake and rake hat trick tomorrow we'll see, night. Yeah, so Book we'll get here. a little lead up, but uh, it's Rangers Bruins Saturday at 1 What's p.m. Gonna be dynamite. Uh, that is, that's going to be a, that's must watch. It's, all right. It's time to get excited about the NHL because of all this movement and real things happening. Now we know who's real, who's, you know, waiting to trade someone. <laughs> We've got good teams. We've got heavy hitters. We've got close to super teams. They're going to be going at it here. So it's actually really exciting times in the NHL. Okay, on the other side of the break, we have an update from your favorite disgruntled quarterback who has emerged from the darkness. Boom, boom, boom. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now it's time for the A-List. Bing, bong. Bing, bong. Bing, bong. Shout out to Chris in Etobicoke, who is currently in Vegas, listening live. Texted in before the show even started. Good morning, Eels and Justin. I'm listening live from Vegas and look forward to hearing your thoughts on the Leafs moves. So Chris is up in Vegas, streaming 590 on probably his little Sportsnet app. What do we got, 3.50 in the morning in Vegas right now? I wonder who feels worse right now, me, <laughs> my food poisoning, or Chris I don't know. You in might Vegas still, still be on at, the the, high. at the blackjack table. Yeah. You better, I hope you don't feel like me in the morning, Chris, but Buddy is grinding. He says he took some time off work. He's going to Knights for his Hurricanes tomorrow night, oh. staying at the MGM, Mid, the, missed the waking rink, so he hasn't won any money. It's the best place in the world. It's the best place in the world. I feel like I just got home from Vegas. <laughs> okay, so um, Aaron Rodgers, <clears throat> he went into the darkness and he saw something, his shadow. We don't know yet, but he's going to make this big old announcement as you could have pre- predicted. Um, here's a tease, though, because he's going to go on a podcast and he's going to share all the all his thoughts and what he saw and his spooky dreams but here's a little clip of what aaron Rodgers has coming possibly today out of the black Mm -hmm. not too many people i know have done that journey (laughs) there's two choices the person has wait for the world to bring the darkness upon them or they can go out and find the darkness and prepare for the inevitable challenges that the world brings my god and just kind of let whatever was going to come in come in and it did a lot of great contemplation around, you know, how I show up in the world. And and then, uh, you know, I spent parts of uh, a couple of the days imagining what it would be like to uh, retire and then imagining what it would be like to continue to play. 
Is there anything more traumatic than what you just heard? Self-love is important, but there's there are levels where it becomes dangerous. The self-love, the loving of oneself with Aaron Rodgers is dangerous. It's it's ridiculous. It's upper echelon of this the love. Guy, this guy is obsessed. The sound of his own voice, the appearance he gets, the reflection in the mirror. It's ridiculous. But he just went Dude, there was a light, there's a light switch in the room. Speaking of lights. You didn't do anything that crazy. He went from darkness straight to neon lights. Was spotted at a trendy Colorado bar just days after emerging from his isolation Ooh. retreat. Wow. He couldn't couldn't wait to get out in public and crush a couple pints. Yeah, just thinking about how he really wanted to party while he was in there. Maybe. That's probably what he said. Wow. I, I wish I had some friends to talk to <laughs> or do something fun. I kind of hope he's done. But, like, what is he going to do with his time? Like, he's not going to leave us he's alone. He's going to make... Did you hear that? It was, like, HBO dramatic series, like, violins playing. It was <laughs> yes. actually outstanding. It was, like, the succession theme it, there. Honestly, the people that produce documentaries need to take that soundtrack and use it for something important. Yeah, I really don't know what the best thing for us is. If he's playing or just, like, being annoying in the public eye. Because it's, you know, both we have to deal with. Hey, he's, not gives gonna, us content. he's not going to be able to not be in our lives. Like, he has to be. He Even just, him trying to not be in our life by going into a darkness cabin became part of our life. Him being in the darkness, the, like, the most peaceful two days of my life. Really? I felt like it was just pending around the corner. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, there like, he is. Ah. You were thinking about <laughs> what he was doing when in the darkness. When's he going to make his announcement? Yeah. Just jump out of the woods at any time. Anyway, stay tuned. I'm sure that'll be tomorrow's A-list topic. God. What the hell did he see in the darkness? What's up with him? Um... We're going to take a break because we don't want to keep Jeff Merrick waiting on the other side. We're going to talk about Dubas going all in. He's doing it. This is it. This is the year. Is it enough for the Maple Leafs? Is there a move that we're going to see in the next two days? Uh, Jeff Merrick will break it all down for us on the other side of the break on the Fan Morning Show.